Happy Saturday, Strat fans. I'm your host, Jimmy James, and you're listening to Stratology, the show for and by students of Stratomatic. On today's show, we'll be having a Strat chat with Frankie35, the winner of the 2021 Mystery Tournament. Let's get to it. So sit back, grab your cards and dice, and let's roll. We're back. Today on Strat Chat, I have with me one of the very best Strat 365 players around. He is almost always in the finals league for the Mystery Tournament. In fact, I believe it's seven out of the last eight, and the one that uh, I saw that he didn't make, he was 19th that year. A big welcome to your 2021 Mystery Tournament champion, Frankie35. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us, Frank. Well, thanks, Jimmy. It's, uh, you like to call Jimmy James? Which, yep. Which James? Jimmy James. <laughs> Jimmy James. Okay. Uh, it's great to be here. I really have fun playing Strat. Oh, thank you. Thank Good you so much it. for being here. You know, I, just a, a real quick thing. You know, I just wanted to tell everybody out there and to thank you, you know, publicly here. You know, it was a real great experience playing with you guys in the Mystery Tournament Finals this year. Everyone was so helpful and accepting of, especially the two of us that were so new that had never been there. And you, Jimmy C, uh, Lee 300, it, it, you guys really made us feel welcome. And, you know, we were all a little bit in awe to be there playing with you guys. And you guys made it a, a good transition for us. So thank you very much for that, too. You know, um, I think the Mystery Tournament is a great way for new players to learn the game. And um, sometimes I've been, you know, playing it for a mystery game for like nine years or something or ten years. And sometimes I will email players that I think are new players or, you know, I can look at their profile or whatever and say, um, you know, let me know if you need any help. Um, I learned the hard way that I can't tell players oh, do you know that you just picked up a player that with an injury reveal for a bad, bad his worst year? Because I've seen that happen. And then sometimes they say, okay, it's a new player. Let me tell them they'll learn. And uh, one player really got angry with me for doing that. Hmm. Um, so some, some people really, you know, love to get some advice early on, and some people really hate it. So if somebody sees me in a league and has a question, please send me an email. I'll be very happy to try to help. Wow, that's that's wonderful, Frank. You know that was, you know, this was my second mystery tournament, and when I played in the mystery tournament in the uh, the year before, it was literally the first mystery set I had ever played. It was just it came. I saw the banner. I just I jumped in, and. Like you said, I, I did not understand anything about how to the the injury reveals or anything of that. And actually, it was another one of our 12, Jimmy C, that reached out to me and said, hey, there's this 
great thread on the forum. You need to read this and link me to it. And, you know, he, he really was that also for me. So, you know, people like you, people like Jimmy, people doing that really, I think is wonderful for this community. I mean, it's, it's a really good thing that you do that you're doing there, Frank. I mean, yeah, starting out, Jimmy C was the player. I was really felt myself competing against. He beat me like the first, I was in playoffs with him about like eight or nine times. He beat me every time in the playoffs. And then I started, you know, winning some of those. So that's when I knew, okay, now I know how to play this game well. Yeah, he's really good. Been in there a long time. Oh, yes, definitely. And one of the things I also want to talk here about Frank's uh, season this year, I believe... I know it was by the 70s, but I believe you led wire to wire all the way through all four events and the the new semifinals. So, dude, that's quite an accomplishment, Frank. Dude, these are a lot of good players. I mean, there are really 25, 30 really good players in this tournament that are, you know, really there at the top all the time. And... To have that consistency for a year, wow, it was something. Yeah, I got lucky on some teams, and, you know, I've been playing a while, so I know the sets, except the 2000 set, which I'm still lost in. Uh, So, you know, if you get lucky on some cards early on, you can get, you can, you know, rack up the points. Oh, well, so hopefully I'll get a good start in this year's tournament. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping so too. We'll t- we're going to talk about that here just in a little bit. So here, Frank, for, for our listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. So I, I, one of the things I like to do with this show is to humanize some of the strat players, especially for each other while we're, when we're playing in the big tournaments and things like that, you see these names, it, it's kind of nice to be able to put a, a person to a, a, a computer profile. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I started the, my, I grew up in Cincinnati and, uh, went to, used to go to the riverfront stadium. Uh, to see Big Red Machine back in the Joe Morgan days and and, uh, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. So, you know, great team. One of the greatest all-time teams, you know, George Foster in those few years that he was super good, uh, Davey Concepcion. So, you know, uh, that was fun. I was an early fan of the Baltimore Orioles back in the the early 70s with Frank Robinson and, you know, Earl Weaver, Boog Powell and the crew. So it's really fun to be able to see those players again. I hadn't played Strat as a kid. I played a little bit of APA baseball. I played some game that had a spinner, some all-star game. I don't remember what the name of that game was. I think we all Um, played that game, Frank. I think that's (laughs) how most of us let in. In fact, I think it was even Hal that played a game like that that led him into the idea of creating Strat. So... It's 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 the gateway it's the gateway game slash drug I think <laughs> that little spinner <laughs> yeah um, right so I I forget that what the name of that game was but it was pretty pretty fun um, and uh, and I just started playing Strat online I was you know interested in as and I, I've never played the the dice game and 
Um, I don't like have a group of friends who play Strat. So my community is the Strat 365 community. And by the way, I really appreciate you putting you putting together this show. I think it's amazing. It's a lot of work, obviously. You do a great job. And I love the music. The music's incredible. Uh, thank um, you so you put much. On. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like really, that it's original music. I mean, it's, it sounds great. I'm so lucky in that fact. Um, the guy that wrote all the music and he, he actually wrote it. He played all the instruments on it. He you know, did all the production on it. Uh, we were in choir together when we were 12 and 13 at this little tiny Christian school at the end of a street, like right up next to a railroad track. <laughs> and there were only five tenors in the entire choir and one of them was the guy who played the piano so we sat there next to each other for a couple of years um and then um we started playing music together ourselves in in our 20s playing together and uh i i sang in his family band and so when i started this whole project he said hey can i can i do this for you and and he he really went out of his way. Um, he he really is one of the really one of the top musicians I've I've ever played with, and I, I played in Europe for about musician? five years. Yeah, yeah, he's a professional musician. In fact, he um, he wrote the horns and played on uh, John Lee Hooker Jr.'s album a couple years ago that uh, uh, was nominated for a Grammy, and uh, they lost to BB King. And his thing is that he always tells me, he goes, dude, if you're going to lose in the blues, you lose the BB King. <laughs> so yeah. he, oh, he, he really is. And, and that's, I, I'm really lucky uh, in that fact that he was, he was willing to put that all together for me. Uh, he wrote like, I think I have seven different original bumpers and then the theme song and yeah. He's just he he really he really did me upright, man. I I cannot say enough. Uh, in fact, we're going to be I hanging out on it. Tuesday, so I'm 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 looking forward to to spend a little time hanging out with him, and we're going to work on some other projects. So I'm gonna I'll pass that along to him, Frank. He'll he'll really really appreciate that. So yeah, I mean it's you. There's almost no programs that have such nice you know music to go along with them. Talk oh. programs, the best. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. That's great. So, so um, uh, I had one question for you a little bit here. With like in those Orioles teams, you really must have loved them having that 1969 set to be able to play that short-term run set. That must have been right up your alley. Those are your guys. Right. So I started with the 1969 set um, playing Strat before they had, I guess at the time, they had only the 80s set in the mystery format. And to me, the 80 set is still the worst set. It's priced, the, the salaries are terrible. Um, there's not many players, you know, that for how many players played in the 80s, it's, it's not a full set. Um, and the whole 80s, I mean, I got really turned off with the whole, um, you know, labor, the whole walkout and, you know, that they weren't playing for a couple seasons there. Um, so I, I stopped following and stopped being such a baseball fan in the eighties, I guess. 
as I was in the, it was much more fun for me as a kid in the, you know, in the seventies, basically. Um, 69 sets, really good. Willie McCovey has a great, incredible year in 1969. Um, yeah, so I knew that set really well. I have not played very much of the year sets like 2018 and 19, uh, the 2000s. I've tried it once and, uh, I did okay, you know, so-so and didn't follow up. I think for me, the mystery set is so much more interesting because you have to figure out which year the player is on. And it's also more realistic because you get a group of players to start the season. You don't really know how they're going to play. I mean, when you're doing a year set, you can, you can, you can figure out, okay, this guy's going to be my leadoff hitter. You know, this guy's going to bat fifth. You know it when you, when you start the season in the mystery set, you don't know that you have to kind of, figure out what what players are good at to see where you're going to put them in the lineup. Um, you know, I wanted to mention one thing about the, the strat that I really enjoy um, as a hobby is that, uh, so I work a busy job. I run my own company and, and I, you know, I have a lot of worries. And if I go to bed at night and I think, oh, I've got this to do and this to do and this to do, I'm never going to go to sleep. So, so I often like think about what my lineup is going to be and I run through my lineup or which, which players I'm going to keep at each position. And before you know it, I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. It's a really mm -hmm. relaxing thing to do. So, uh, I don't know. I think that may be a bit of advice that some players, some players can follow that because it's like counting sheep or whatever. It's, it's, it's like a soothing mental activity. Um, because you know it's a game. It doesn't. You, nobody's going to get hurt, or yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get fired or something. So, so that's something I really enjoy about Strat as well. So I'm I'm often thinking about my my teams. Yeah, very cool. That. So so uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a short break, and then we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Their paperwork in for the loans if they still... So it's 2.30 in the morning, I get done, I go in, I grab a sandwich, and I sit down with my Strat team, you know? <laughs> I'm mean, actually, that night I was looking at what we were doing in the tournament, you know? Uh, probably in our finals league, you know? Or the semifinals, I guess, at that point. And, uh, and so then I, after I got done looking at my teams, I, like, switched over, because I'm in a 
a 24 man continuous league that's been going on for about two years. John, John Carter's in it too. Uh, a couple of guys, there's probably about seven guys in the tournament that are, that we've got now in the tournament from that league. And so we have a Facebook group. So I flipped on the Facebook into groups just to see if anybody had like talks and smack, you know what I mean? <laughs> and in there was in one of the Stratomatic groups was the, the, the sportscast 365 and they put an ad in there. And they said, is there anybody interested in doing an hour-long weekly radio show on Stratomatic? And probably because it was like the middle of the night. And I'm like, you know, punch drunk because it's now like 3.45 in the morning. You know, I'm like, (laughs) why not? So I emailed them, you know, I emailed them to the meh thing. Like, I go to bed. And so I've only like just laid down. And all of a sudden my phone messages, hey, can you send us a... um, uh, the demo, the, the, what you did for the first podcast, the one back in January before, cause I started to do it and then tax season got crazy. And I was like, dude, there's no way I can do these two things like it, it together and learn how to do podcasting and learn how to do that. So I sent them that 15 minutes later, they messaged me and said, Hey, did I want to do an interview? So again, I was kind of like in the right place at the right time. So I've really been lucky in that aspect. So Again, you know, lucky to have a buddy that could that could do that for me. So, you know, yeah, I, I I've been a lucky dude. You know, I I I, I married up too. <laughs> I fully <laughs> I fully met that too. <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, let's uh let is going. Let's let's hop. We get ready to hop back in. Let's um let's. Talk a little bit about the how you uh, let let's start in with the stuff like when we could talk about the a second on the APBA like how you kind of got into playing this type of game type of stuff. So okay, we are back. I am here with Frankie thirty five. So you had said that you started out with the spinner game and then you went on to APBA for playing cards and dice. Is that, is that what you said? So how old were you when you, when you started playing those? I guess about seventh grade, maybe Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's similar for me, similar for me and my best friend, Jimmy D's. So, yeah. So, then when did you start playing the um, the digital game, the 365? I guess about 10 years ago, maybe, with the 69 set, something like that. Okay. Did you Probably play it when it was back on the Sporting News or, or only when it was on Stratomatic themselves were still Sporting News. Back when it was on the Sporting News, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did so you know had the 69 set. Oh, I started with football, actually. That was that was my next question. I was going to ask you if there was other statistic, uh, statistical sports games that you had played, you know, even if not even if not Stratomatic, you know, hockey, f- football. So, so digital football was Stratomatic was your starting point, right? And that was also three sixty five. It was also the the uh, Sporting News. You know, it was online, and it was a pretty good game. And they then there was a few years that they stopped doing football, so they had this game. And it was pretty good. You had a lot of control over the players you'd select, but you could only, it was like quarter by quarter. Each night was one quarter, and you'd select your strategy for that quarter. 
um, and a lot of strategy went into how you selected your team. Um, and then they stopped it for a number of years. And so I switched over to playing baseball. Um, and then that they've redone the football, but I have not got back into it in my, for my taste, it's not as, uh, they don't, it, they don't let you control as much as they used to, mm. to me. Um, so I don't think it's gained that much popularity. And, and I kind of think that's why, that they don't provide enough manager control. And I also think there is a segment of the 365 community that likes to watch the games. And being able to see your Definitely. batters go around, I mean, I, I think the football not Definitely. having an aspect like that probably probably lowers it also, you know. I know some people just do the box scores, but I also know a lot of guys that like to, uh, you know, tease the game out for themselves and, and, and like to watch it play. So with the football not having that aspect, have you played any of the – so you, you haven't played any of the Stratomatic with the card and dice or the computer? I've never played uh, – I guess I played – in college I played a little Stratomatic – football but i never played stratomatic baseball with the cards and dice ever mm -hmm. um, I, I actually gonna be having somebody come on uh, in, in a couple weeks and they're gonna walk me through how to play stratomatic football and the cards and dice because i had never played it myself so yeah little teaser forward for people going off of that so um so i was was i right it's a seven out of the last eight that you have made the finals? I don't know about that. But let, let me mention that on another card and dice game I used to play. Okay. Is Avalon Hill used to have all these games. Oh, yeah. Back in the, 70, in the 70s and 80s. So I played a lot of those games. I loved those Avalon Hill games. They, yeah. there's, if there were play, a website to, to do those online, I'd be interested, too. I've looked for that occasionally. Yeah. But uh, those were fun strategy games, too. Uh, Jimmy Dees and I, we played the football one. And we played the boxing one when we were kids. Uh, the football okay. one, uh, the football one took forever. The games list just, <laughs> they were so long. We'd be playing all night on a Friday night because we were, yeah, we were really nerds. So <laughs> I loved it, but that Avalon Hill football game took forever to play. So wonderful, <laughs> wonderful memories. Okay. So, um, what okay, so let's talk then a little bit about the your your memories of the tournament. So, you know, how, what what was kind of your experiences as you were starting out, or or what are some of the highs uh, that you've had while you've been in the tournament? Some of the some of the high points. Uh, well, winning the first time, winning the finals in the first time was really I felt good for a long time afterwards. Um, and then uh, this last year that you were in, I thought it was a great finals league. I really had fun managing it. I really managed the hell out of the, the finals. I'm really, really into that last because the competition is so great. Um, and you know, that level of competition, I really enjoy. Um, uh, so, you know, that. I did a write up on the message board. I don't know if you've seen that on the on my summary of the the league, uh the finals league in particular. Um, yeah. 
So I, I really enjoyed it. You know, we're about to start the, the 60s leg of this tournament. This tournament's going to be different because it's going to be much longer in time. It's going to be into 10 months, I think, before we get to the finals or the finals are decided. Um, so I, I enjoy, you know, seeing how, how I do, trying to, to make it into the final 12. Really tough competition. Yeah, it, it, and it doesn't. I mean, it, the thing about this tournament is, uh, unlike the other two, you don't get to drop one. So you got to live with what you do, no matter what. There's no, there's no. Okay, well, this team's lousy, so I'm just going to give up on it. You got to try to right, find a I way to fix it. I think that's better. I think you have, you know, you have fewer, you know, dead teams that are, you know, just throwing the towel. And and if you happen to be lucky and be in a division with two two players that aren't even managing their teams yeah you can do really great but it's better for everybody if everybody's in there you know trying to do their best well yeah well and you know for for me this year my 70s team you know that's that's one of the the banes of my existence is that 70s set and but I got up to where I was, you know, just outside the wild card by the end. And then, you know, I was really set in a good spot for my really good run in the 80s and the 90s then. So, you know, but if I had given up on that 70s team, you know, there's no doubt I would not have been in a chance to be in the finals. You know, you cannot give up on any team. So, yeah, that, that's a right that you've had trouble in the 70s. I would think you'd do well in the 70s. And I'd say, so one, I do these theme leagues, and one theme league we had set up a third into three. Each division was separated. Like one was the best fielders, one was the best hitters, and one was the best pitchers. And the best fielding team did the best in that league. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the 70s pricing, fielding is rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um or that if you go for good fielding, it's a pretty good strategy in the 70s, maybe more so than some of the other decades. Um, but obviously you did really well in the 60s with that strategy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't think the 80s is that way at all. I mean, I, I think you've got to, so you have to switch away from my, my strategy the later you go. You know, I, for the 60s, uh, you know, I, I've always been defense and hitting, you know, there's just, yeah, I don't worked, think there's, there's almost none of either. So, you know, <laughs> you know, if I can get that, in the first round. Yep. Hey, well, yeah, that was, that was a, a surprise draft pick. Aparicio yeah. in the first round. Oh, well, it, very well. it, it, it turned, yeah, turn it, it. There's no doubt the, the Richardson Aparicio Pairing is what got me probably at least at least five or six wins with double plays like at the right time, you know. Well, you know, I I I don't I had a problem with your Richardson playing him against lefties because it was some year that he it was like a three R year. I mean, he's a terrible hitter to start. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so a three R year is lefty hitting hitting against lefties is going to be really bad. Yeah. So, you know, he's one at second, but I don't know. I, th- I felt like you could have platooned him and, and gotten a little more mileage out of out of the yeah. second base uh, offensive. Possibly. I, I had, I, you know, I, I did have, I can't remember who the, the second baseman I had, that backup that's a, a good a good hitting second baseman. 
in there. But I I think that's one of the things that is very uh, an underrated strategy in that 1960s. I can say it now that we we drafted our 60s. Nobody thinks about the ninth spot. I think about the ninth spot like crazy. You know, the ninth spot. What do you mean the ninth spot? The the pinch hitter. Because I'm going to go oh. with a team. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get um, look for five starters that I'm going to get for a good value that don't give up home runs. I'm going to get in a home run park and I'm going to out homer you and out defense you. And so I need a bullpen. So I'm going to have, you know, four or five guys that are going to be playable in my bullpen. And that means there's going to be a lot of pinch hitters. So right. if I've, you know, I love getting like Ted Savage and, and, and Will Smith and Len Gabrielson and some of those guys for that 1960s, because, you know, they can't play any defense, but dude, they're a solid hitter against one hand, you know, that's literally like a regular everyday player. And they're a fraction of the price of that type of stuff. So yeah, well, it's a different strategy where you're playing with a DH and not a DH. So the '60s, not DH, pinch hitters play a bigger role. You're not you're there. You're going to get more substitution away from your starting pitcher that you don't in the like in the '70s DH. Starters can go quite a ways. Yeah, it kind of de-emphasizes the bullpen. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. In fact, uh, um, oh, what what year is it? Um, that we were playing. Oh, in the, in the 82 set we're playing, uh, you know, there's almost no bullpen guys in that set. Um, it's just, there's like 13 playable relievers. And, you know, I picked up, I picked up like five of them. I think I originally had six and or seven and traded two away, but just there, there isn't any. And you know what? It has not helped me as nearly as much as I thought it was going to. So, it's really been, I really thought it was a really smart strategy and it really has not been that smart of a strategy. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of goes back let's, to, to, to one thing we were talking about, about playing the mystery sets. And, you know, I really do believe that there is a, each type of the different type of sets, the all-time great set, the yearly sets, and the mystery sets are all even though you're playing the same game, you're playing three different games, if that makes sense. And I think mm-hmm. each one of them, uh, 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 you know, speaks out to a different, you know, a different type of person. You know, um, the guy on on, on on the round table, Sir Peter, he is he loves 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 mystery sets. And part of the reason is that is he's dang good at reading cards. I got to give it to him. He's really got a knack at reading cards. So, um, you know, I, I really think that that's an interesting take. So have you, have you tried, you said you tried the yearly sets and it really wasn't your thing. And have you tried the all time great set? Is it that, is that kind of the similar thing? I don't think I've ever done an all time great set. And that's because I actually prefer to play. I don't like having an all-star at every position. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer to play with some of the regular players. And I love to see some of these, you know, find places for some of these, you know, marginal players and get, get use out of them. Um, you know, some of my favorite players, 
you know, watching baseball. You know, I loved Ron Oster on the Reds. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to be in the all-time greats. <laughs> well, yeah, he's in there. He's in there. He's in the all-time greats. Yeah. Ron Oster. Because you have to have all types of players. There's like oh. guys who are only half a million. So it's not just like that. a whole. So like even with the mystery, uh, not mystery tournament, the Barnstormers tournament, one of the events is a $60 million league. Dude, it's tough to put a $60 million team together. So yeah, okay, I didn't realize it's that. Really I, didn't realize. About, I thought all-time great was I haven't looked at it that much cuz when I do look at the player set, I guess I only look at the first few and they're all, you know, okay, Mickey Mantle, you know, 1960 or, you know, whatever, yeah. Bob Gibson 1969, you know. Okay, well, these guys, you know, you play put these guys in your lineup. Yeah, you're going to but, you know, you play two great lineups against each other. I don't know. It does, that's not baseball to me, but yeah. Well, but here's the thing: you know, if you're playing an eighty million dollar league and you got a sixteen million dollar Barry, you ain't gonna have a whole lot else. You're gonna <laughs> have to. You're gonna have to figure out how to put all the rest of it around him. You know. Okay. I've done that, and then all he did was get intentionally walked all the time. <laughs> so, okay. but but it's it's so there are so they're kind of I I've always noticed that. For for the guys that play in that tournament, it's all about knowing the set. And they know all these guys that are like, can do specific things really well. In the 70s, there's Rick Auerbach. You know, the most marginal player you could imagine, you know, in baseball. I mean, he just hung in there year to year, you know. Um, but he has this one year where he just happened to, you know, in his 20 at bats against lefties or whatever. He happened to get, you know, a lot of doubles and home runs. Um, And so their card reflects that. And if you luck out and get that card, all of a sudden you have the best, essentially, you know, you have like, he's like Hank Aaron. Um, So, but he's a 70, I think he's a a 0.75 mil player. Um, So, you know, in my guy in the nineties, try to get lucky with those. My guy in the '90s is Phil Plantier. Did you get that? Uh-huh. That you get that one year, dude. You can get a, a you can get a, a All Star MVP for two point seven million. Right, the All Star the '90s is a big set, and there's a lot of players that have really good single years or maybe double. Plantier might have a couple. Like has yeah. one great year and one good year. Yeah, one year you can platoon him well. Okay, so let's take just another quick bake and then let's come back and let's let's keep going on that because I wanna I wanna pick your brain a little bit toward towards that. So we'll be back back right after this. Okay, we are back, and we were just starting to really talk about some players and some strategy. So there's, it really leads in well, uh, Frank, to one of the things I like to ask all my guests that play Strat, and it's my secret weapon is like so. You you gave a couple guys just right there, so so. But but is there any? There's just that one guy that you just love, love, love to play that card. There's there's a lot of players. I'm often 
picking many of the same players. And I don't know if people are now, sometimes I feel like people are looking at the players that I pick because I've had success and copying it that I'm in leagues with, like in the 60s league we just drafted. I feel like a lot of people went, <laughs> several people went for my strategy of kind of a lefty biased team. Um, so I missed out on Mickey Mantle. I think Eddie Matthews was terrific. He's got a great card, and there are not many good hitting third basemen. It's a real challenge to get a good hitting third baseman in the 60s. Uh, so he's one of my favorite cards from the 60s. Um, you know, I and it's a mystery format, so I like to get good value players um, and players that I can read their card. Um, I don't want to, you know, the 70s is coming up. I don't know when this is going to air. This is going to air pre or post selection. Well, it'll 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 air it'll air on uh, it'll it'll be airing this Saturday. So, okay, so I'm not going to give you my favorite no. <laughs> 70s picks. Uh, 60s. Um, I like the I like Miller on a reliever. Um, there aren't many like good value relievers in the 60s, so I kind of focus on on those guys in like the one to 2.5 mil range and that almost many of them um fowler art fowler is another one in there um the i do like richardson but he has a lot of terrible hitting years bobby richardson i thought it was interesting james the guy who does who evaluates the statistical things about players called him like one of the worst leadoff hitters in the history of baseball, Bobby, Bobby Richardson. Um, but he does have one really good year and, uh, you know, a couple playable years. Um, uh, Petrocelli I picked out. He's kind of an obscure player in like real baseball, but he had this incredible year in 1969 where apparently he was a great fielding shortstop and he hit the heck out of the ball. Um, but I, I, in the seventies, he went over to third base. Um, Do you like uh, to platoon or are you more of a guy that likes to be solid in a position? You know, I want one guy to play that. Uh, six, since they fixed platooning, it used to be that they didn't, Strat did not reliably change your platoon hitter, but they, I don't know, five years ago or something, they fixed that. So they will, every single time, they'll make the platoon switch. So I like platooning a lot. I think a, a strategy to counteract that is to have, if you're playing somebody who platoons a lot with really, you know, really platoon players, um, oh, there's like, a, like in the 70s, Blomberg, for the Yankees, he's a real, he only hits righties. He's terrible against lefties. So, I mean, I might try it if I know that I'm playing a, play, a team with a bunch of those. And I look out, you know, at some point in the season, I look out and I say, okay, what are people, what are the, my, what are the top teams playing? And if I see a team like that, I might get, you know, some cheap starting pitchers, pitch them from six innings, then set my left, like righty pitchers, then set my lefty pitchers for um, middle relief and then have closers or set up and closer pitchers that are righty. So all, so now I've got their, um, you know, their terrible hitters in the late innings with terrible matchups. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's I don't like to have too many strict platoon players in case other people take that strategy. Um, but I don't think many people do that. I think I'm I, I I'm one of the players who most I think who most looks at who else the other teams in the league. Um, so I'm doing that at like game 20 to 60 in the mystery leagues. I'm looking and saying, OK, who am I going to play in the playoffs? How do I stack my lineup to to match up well against them? Mm-hmm. Um, in the seventies, I mean, I, I kind of like Jack Clark, and I liked him as a player. I mean, you saw a lot of Jack Clark probably yeah. growing up with the Giants. I mean, I as a player it was great. He, I hardly ever see anybody swing the bat that hard. Um, uh, and he just kills lefties. He has some years where he just obliterates lefty pitching in the. And 70s. some really good on base. Yeah, but not that great on against righties. I mean, he's okay in the in the eighty set. He's tremendous on base percentage. He really learned to. Oh, that's right. That's what uh, I'm thinking. Um, you know, uh, force pitchers to throw strikes. Um. So. Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, offhand. You know, I don't want to give away my seventy nope. players that I'm going to pick. But, yeah, uh, don't, don't give away your guys for sure. You know, so you gave uh, you gave us you gave us a couple. So you gave us a couple. Um, you know, yeah. So, you know, I, I've said it before on this show. You know what? What mine and and um, it's really cool to me because it was one of the the sets that they redid this year, the 1986 set. That was the second set I ever had that uh, we played card and dice. We got the two, th- I mean, the, um, the uh, we had the 84 and then we had the 86. So in that 86 set, man, has like one of my very favorite cards to ever play, the Cal Daniels 86 card because it's, he just, tears up righties like crazy and i i love to have him as my uh as my dh against against righties so and yeah, but he's good in the it, 80s in in the in the all t- I, I get his card in the 80s well, a lot of times too but in the all-time great set they have that and he's it's only like i think five million they've got the 87 cal daniels card which since playing 365 that's become my favorite card <laughs> because he just yeah I love Daniels. I I really I really love love playing that <clears throat> okay so um what are let let's let, let's go with something else for for some of the new players I mean you're really great about reaching out to them but what are just some some general advice that you have for guys who are new to 365 or new. Yeah, let's start with that first new to 365. And then we'll talk about new to, to mystery after that. So I would what, say, what tip you, would know, you have? to get good, you have to play a few leagues. You're not going to gen. I don't think you're going to start off good. I didn't. Um, uh, and to look at the other players that are doing well and see how they're doing it. Um, you know, um, so and and to relax and enjoy the game. Uh, you know, people are playing it for fun. You know, we're not 
playing it for money or, you know, so I see sometimes people get really angry and I'm like, why, you know, what's the, what do you get out of that? Uh, so, so that, so, you know, have fun. Um, it's, it's just a game, you know, we're, we're, I, you know, it's friendly competition and, uh, that's, so that, that's my recommendation for new players. Okay. Any, any specific mystery tournament recommendation for people who are new to the mystery tournament? Uh, well, one of the, I often go with the strategy of, uh, picking a stadium that's friendly, either righties or lefties and stacking my lineup to that. Um, I make a significant number of moves to get good players. Uh, so I think that's a successful strategy, but it's, it's not the only strategy. There's a lot of ways to win in this game. Um, uh, just to keep, uh, it's a long, it's a marathon, you know, uh, so don't just cause things aren't working out. You know, you can be patient. I, I was in one tournament, and I was literally the last player for the first um, two or three weeks of the tournament, and I made the finals um, really turn things around. So, you know, it's a long tournament. Be patient. Um, but don't be patient with, with – if you, if you suspect you've really got a bad player, <laughs> a bad year, you know, don't be too patient with that. You know, cut – cut, you know – there's you, you cut a player before you're hundred percent sure that he's a bad player. If you're 90% sure that's good enough. Cut him, get a, get mm -hmm. a better year, get a player with a better year. That's my recommendation for doing well over a long tournament. Mystery oh. tournament. That's, that's some, that's some really good advice, Frank. I think, you know, a uh, 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 thing that you might like since we're going back to that all time great tournament real quick is one of the, things that makes it different because you have all those stadiums to choose from and you could just like oh i'm just going to pick a bunch of the same type of stadium they do a thing where each of the different rounds has to be a different style of stadium so they have all the stadiums broken up extreme pitcher moderate pitcher neutral moderate hitter extreme hitter extreme righty extreme lefty so <laughs> That really dings a lot of people because it's not like, like, okay, we know what I like to build, man. We know where I'm most comfortable. You know, I like to hit the long ball. I like to play good D. That's the way I, I that's the way if I'm building the team anytime, that's the way. But you know, playing in that tournament, you just can't do that because oh, I'm going to be at a ballpark where I can't hit like that. So, or I'm going to have to really gear myself towards like one hand or the other. So you might like that aspect of that, you know, I might have to give that a try. I, you know, I didn't realize that, that they, they offered these, this, you know, this many challenges. I'll have to take a look again at the all time set. I have yep. maybe I haven't looked at it. I've only looked at like the first, you know, 25 players or something. Yeah, take a look and, and look at the thread on the Barnstormers. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take you away from this. I'm trying to fill your head with that so you're not as good at this, Frank. This is my <laughs> strategy to win this year. I get you sidetracked, and then I can steal it. <laughs> well, I am I am going to try to win. I will oh, well, dude, I think, I think if anybody has a good shot at least being there, I, I think it's – 
you and Holla Rose that just I, I when I for the show I went back and I plotted where you know back when we were at the twenty four people I plotted where everybody had been at any time over the as as far back as I could go with the tournament pages on the on the online and just to see you and to see Holla Rose there like every year you know a lot of people be there for you know out of those you know, eight, nine years, I could see a lot of guys that were there four years or five years, but you know, the two of you guys were there just about every year. And that is, that's, that's a testament. That's a long time without any bad teams, Frank. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's, uh, you know, the other, the other player who's, you know, has won the most championships is, uh, Moody, 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 Woody. Yep. Um, that's so, who you gotta. And, that's who you could. Will you win this year? You'll be tied with him for most championships. Yeah, you, that's a big if. That's um, it. You and, push and pin seventy six. He's got an interesting. He he won in the eighties, and he made in a huge, like an insane number of moves. And in, in the early, in the first few, you know, days of the of the finals, I don't, I can't remember, but it was some crazy. He'd cut players, and he'd pick up the same player. He was he was uh, making moves right and left, and it paid off, and he won the tournament. Another interesting strategy: John Boy won twice, and both times he had Ron Guidry's MVP year. So Ron Guidry, I think, it was seventy-seven or something. He was unreal, right? It was like one of the best pitching years of all time. Um, and the seventies, and I think I think it was, we were playing with the DH, so. Um, you know, he'd put Gidry in there and, you know, chan- you know, 70% chance he's going to win a game or 80% chance. He was just unbelievable. So, one another player, Gidry, you get his good year. Well, you're, you're in the playoffs, I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, 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 and, and I think it's cool the way the tournament does it to where it alternates the two years with the one year having the 70s with the DH and the one year with the 70s without because it really does make it, a, a, a different set. Yeah, and Gidry plays in the '80s too, and that and that year is also carried over into the '80s. Well, I, I'll give somebody some piece of advice for the '70s and '80s because we've we've mentioned this card on the show like 80 million times. Dusty Baker, I love Dusty Baker's with my type of team. His both his his '70s and his '80s card. Because he's so ballpark determinant, you know, if he, he, so many of his home runs are ballpark checks. So if okay. you're in a good place that says, you know, if you're in Astrodome, you're going to be terrible. But if you're in Fenway, you're going to do great. And, uh, he's, he's so readable because both cards have four really good years and one stink fest. And that stink fest, he's got a four injury. So it kind of plays out easy to find out if you got one of the four good ones or if you got that bad one. So I think that's another thing that you can kind of both it's a, a secret weapon guy and it's kind of a, a, a strategy to to look at that. So are you more apt to get a guy who has, you know, four good years out of five or a guy that you're going to take the risk on that he's going to have? 
a year that's great and two years that he can platoon and two years he's unplayable. Who, which guy do you rather would you go after more? Do you do like do a mix of the two? Uh, I try to get the best player. So, uh, I am often drawn to those players with like one or two good years, uh, cause of that potential value. Um, of course, if I have the option, like later in the season, once like the 10% or the 20% penalty kicks in, it becomes important to get a player going to keep, um, uh, so then, you know, if there's anyone available with a lot of decent years, I'll, I'll prefer them. Early on, I don't have a big preference. I mean, I, I love to have the, some of the great players. I mean, the finals, you know, Willie Mays, I picked him first in the draft. We had the, the ordered, they, we had the online draft, which I, I love. I, if people haven't tried it, it's so much fun in, in, I think any format. Um, and, Willie Mays, you know, most expensive card, but yeah, he was super great for my team. Um, so I like I like figuring out players. That's the other thing I like the channel. It's enjoyable for me to try to figure out the players. So I like that part of the game. So it's almost not that fun if I get a player with five, you know, pretty good years. Okay, you know, <laughs> it takes away a little bit of the fun for me. Well, you know, that, that's it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about the kind of the different type, you know, uh, the more the historian guys that like the all time greats. And uh, well, one of the guys that has uh, been on this show, he he won the, the players last year and he's actually going to be in the mystery this time is uh, uh, Hendrix 08, uh, Mark Takamoto. And that's one of his things is he doesn't play mystery very often because he doesn't like that aspect of having to try to figure it out. He likes the hmm. mathematical precision of being able to build a team. And it's the same game, but it's played a different way, if that makes sense. And I think both are, are wonderful ways to play. Well, I think mystery has both. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I love the mystery game. I think it, you know, you have the, you have the, once you figure out who you have, you have to set your lineup to maximize their, their, their skill set, their, you know, how their card looks, you know, if you get down to the mathematics of it. And by the way, a piece of advice I got from your podcast or your, and this is not called a podcast. This is whatever this is called. Yeah. Radio (laughs) Um, show. Radio show um, is to look at those color bars at the bottom that's actually a very fast way to evaluate the various mystery years. I, I hadn't appreciated it. I knew it was there, but I didn't see. And you said, oh, I look at those. And I said, okay, let me try that out. And, yeah, that's a really quick way to get an understanding of each each player's year, you know, each season. Well, the way I, I look at it, it's taking 108 and busting up into 100%. It's so close. Yeah, I think I haven't seen any discrepancies. You know, so, so it, 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 it kind of then it, it makes it easy for my brain to, to, to place it all the pieces together. Cause then I'm, I'm not trying to, to evaluate a two versus a six. It's actually done that for me, you know, and especially when we're playing faster, you know, when you're playing card and dice, you got all day to figure that out. 
But when you're playing it three games a night, you know, having that to be able to read it, I think, really kind of helps. Okay. Thank you so much, Frank. Have a wonderful afternoon. Okay. Good luck in the tournament. Thank you too, my friend. Again, a big thanks to Frankie35, and as always, a thank you to our regular cast of characters, Andrew Burkham, Joaquin Lewis III, Jimmy Dees, Carolyn Snyder, and of course, the music man himself, Jeff Texon. All the music you heard today was written and performed by Jeff. Get a hold of us on social media. We love the feedback. Okay, Jeff, will you play us out? You got it, Jimmy James. Find us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast radio streaming service. Download the app. Makes it crazy easy to listen. See you next week. Same Strat time, same Strat channel.